Welcome to the Vertical Church Podcast. Now, here's Pastor Josh Butcher with today's message. Anyway, uh, we're in the middle of a series, uh, second week, called Like a Boss. We kicked it off... Um, Kicked off last week uh, with a message about um, understanding that, that, that it's not a project, it's a process. And if you missed it, just go to verticalchurch.tv and you can catch it uh, there. You can catch up. Uh, but last week, if you were here, I challenged you to memorize our key passage for the week or for the for the series uh, from, from Colossians chapter 2. And so pop quiz, who's got it? Like, come on, who can, who, y'all, this is sad. This, this make, this make a preacher just want to like go sell insurance. Anybody, anybody's got it, like got it memorized. Half of it? Anybody got the whole thing? This is a sad day. Memorize this, okay? Uh, Let me, let me give it a shot. Okay, because you're like, well, you have it memorized. All right, here we go. Uh, you could go ahead and put it on the screen, and because uh, this is the one I memorized. I've got my eyes closed. So, um, so then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. How'd that do? And nail it. Right on. Somebody next week, that's going to be you, right? Because I'm going to call you up here. Like, I'm going to be like, all right, come up here, show, show it off, right? Um, yeah, so um, this, this passage of Scripture is, uh, is kind of the foundation for our entire series. There's just so much here that, uh, that I believe God wants us to hear and wants us to receive, uh, in, in this passage. So take it, take it seriously. Like it'll, here, here's what I've done, okay? I'll show you how I did it. Um, I made these little backgrounds. Well, let me get rid of that one because uh, that's a notification. I made these backgrounds. So I've got the passage on my phone, like it's the background image. So during the day, while I'm just, you know, if I get a text message or something, uh, I look at my phone, I'm like, oh, there it is. So I just read it. So then just as you received uh, Christ Jesus, and I just do it that way. If you want this, it's on it's on Facebook, just like uh, go to Vertical Church's Facebook page, whatever that web address is, uh, or go to it on your app, and you can download that very background for free. Like, it's there. That's why we put it up there, um, to, to help you memorize it. Because here's what happens. Uh, when you get in the middle and you're frustrated because things aren't going your way, if you hide the word in your heart, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit will activate what you put in your memory, and you'll be like, oh yeah, just as I received Christ Jesus as Lord, all I've got to do is continue to live in Him. Like, I don't have to get so stressed out about, about uh, finishing the project because it's a process. It's a process. It's a process. Just continue walking. Um, now, lately, I've been thinking a lot about rules. Uh, a lot about rules. Because one thing, um, the, the message, the title this week is actually the rule of achieving. The rule of of achieving. If you're taking notes, that's the the title. How many of you in 2017, you hope to achieve something? You want to achieve, raise your hand if that's you. You want to achieve something. Those of you who don't have your hands up, what are you wanting to do? Like, (laughs) what's your year about, man? No, no, this year I want to achieve something. And so today I want to give you the rule of achieving, kind of the law behind 
achieving, how achieving works. And so I've been thinking a lot about rules lately. There's a lot of rules, you know. Uh, there are rules in every area of your life. Um, there are rules that you learned growing up. I remember um, learning a lot of rules in school, you know. Um, there are math rules. Let me see if you remember this math rule. You might call it a formula. But see if you know this. A squared plus B squared equals C squared. C squared. That's a rule, right? It's a, it's a, it's a formula. That, that will always be true. A squared plus B squared equals C squared. Uh, I heard this one a lot growing up. My, my dad said this one to me a lot. The only place success comes before work is the dictionary. dictionary. You know who said that? Vince Lombardi, you know? Uh, anyway, sorry, I was excited about that. Y'all are just like staring at me. Uh, I, I think it's Vince Lombardi. Anyway, um, how about this one? Like this, my dad said this one a lot to me too. Garbage in, garbage out. It's a rule. It means that if you take garbage in, then that you're going to put garbage out. If you take garbage in your mind, then you're going to have garbage coming out of your mouth, you know? And so, um, yeah, garbage in, garbage out. Now, the next one, let's not go to it yet. The next one is probably the most famous grammar rule in the English language. Everybody knows this one. Look at this one. Um, I before E, or when sounding like A, as in neighbor and way, right? You've got to finish it. Or if you're like uh, um, Brian Regan, you'll always be wrong, no matter what you say. You listen to Brian Regan? Anybody? Yeah, okay. Brian Regan fan, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I before E, except after C. Or when sounding as A is never. Anyway, this is I before E except after C. I before E except after C. It's a rule. It's a rule. Rules govern everything that we do. Rules, they're, they're, they're like these are kind of like silly rules, but there are rules um, in, in every area of our life. The, the world has rules, and there's a rule for achieving. In the, in the world, when we talk about achieving, here's the rule for achieving. Achieve, then receive. Let me tell you what that means. Um, you don't get the medal unless you win the race, right? Or if you're five years old. And then everybody gets a medal because nobody can feel like a loser. You know, everybody's, everybody gets a participation trophy and then you get 23 years old and you don't know how to lose and you whine and live in your mama's basement. But that's, that's a different message. We're talking about that today. You don't get the prize unless you win. You don't get a hold up the trophy unless you win the game, right? You achieve first, then receive. Uh, try, try this. Go to your boss and say, um, excuse me, ma'am, excuse me, sir, whoever your boss is. Uh, I know it's only January, but I'd like to go ahead and get my end of the year bonus now before we get to the end of the year. They're going to look at you like you're crazy. Like, what are you talking about? The numbers haven't come in? No, you're not. You have to achieve then receive. Like that's the nature of the reward. That's the nature of receiving. You receive after you've achieved. This is we teach our kids this, right? You don't know if you have this rule in your home, if you have kids this age. No TV or video games until you get your homework done. Achieve, get this done first, then you can have what you want. Get this done first. This is how the world works. This is the way the the system of the world works. It's the very nature 
of the reward that motivates the achievement. Like that's, that's just a fact. Achieve, then receive. But just because it's the way the world works doesn't mean that's the way God works. And we have to be real careful sometimes because what will happen is we, will, we, we have this, this tendency to carry over uh, the, the rules of the world and the way the world works and the way our job works and the way school works. We have a, we have a tendency to carry that over into our walk with God. And Paul knew this. That's why Paul said in the very next verse, we just read 6 and 7, but in the very next verse, he says this in verse 8 of Colossians chapter 2. He says, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. You see, Paul is saying, listen, there is a world, there is a way the world works. There are rules of the world, but be careful, he says, that you don't find yourself captive to those rules. Be careful that you don't find yourself deceived by the way the world works, thinking that's how God works. Because the world works achieve, then receive. But Christians believe something that's absolutely crazy. We believe the exact opposite. <laughs> we believe that, that the exact opposite is true. We believe that the world has a rule uh, achieved and received, but Jesus came to change the rule. When Jesus came, you know, the, the, the modern kind of religious um, ideology of his day and our day is that uh, we've got to find uh, the way that we need to walk to get to God. And Jesus says, that's not true. I am the way. You don't need to find the way. You don't need to figure out how good you got to walk. No, I am the way. He, he changes the rules. He introduces for us an exception. You see, the rule is achieve, then receive. But Jesus says there's an exception to the rule. Just like the rule, I before E. Normally the way it works when you go to spell a word is if you've got an I and an E, you put the I first, then you put the E, except there's an exception. It normally works one way. Normally it works. You work really hard, then you receive the gift. You work really hard, you get the reward. You achieve, then you receive. But Jesus says there's an, an exception to the rule. There's a supernatural exception to the way the world works, and it's called grace. Because here's the truth. When we come to Jesus, we come absolutely empty-handed. We come broken. We come, we come bankrupt. We have nothing to offer him, and he gives us everything. So, so, so there's an exception. We, we come we, we, we come empty, we, we come empty, we come without anything, and we receive life because of Jesus, because Jesus made an exception to the rule. Now, this offends some of us. This offends us, those of us who are particularly religious uh, or grew up in church and, and, and who, uh, who, who kind of have some, some baggage that we still got to work through. This offends us because we're so scared that people are going to hear this and find out about this and then and then because of grace just be spiritually lazy. And and, and can I be honest with you? 
That's a, that's a danger. Absolutely. Yes, I know people who are just, it's all grace, man. It's just, I, listen, listen, God loves me. You can't judge me. It doesn't matter how I live. I can do whatever I want to do. It's about love, bro. <laughs> and it's, it's like, you know what? Yeah, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's, that's a danger. There are people who are just soaking in grace and they never pursue achieving anything. Like they never, they never pursue achieving change. They never pursue transformation. They're just determined to stay in their old, old sinful patterns and just receive the love of God. And yes, that is a danger. But then sometimes there are those of us who are doers, who, who here's the danger for us. We don't feel accomplished unless we actually do something. How many of you in the room are doers? Like you would say, you're, you have this natural bent to doing. Look around, those people who do not have their hands up are homeless. <laughs> or teenagers, which could be the same thing. Right? <laughs> Listen, here's, here's kind of what I want you to understand. There's nothing wrong with ambition. There's nothing wrong with achieving unless you allow that to define your walk with God. Unless you allow that to define how you relate to God. And, and, and ident- how, how your identity gets shaped. So, so today I'm not about crucifying ambition and crucifying doing and crucifying achieving. What I want you to understand is that there is an order with God. There is an order that we must follow when we walk with God. So we've kind of bounced around it already. But here's the second secret of living like a boss in 2017. If you want this year to be the year that you fully realize God's potential in your life, first week was the first secret. It's about it's not about it's not a project, it's a process and here's the second one. Here's the second secret. In growing with God, it's receive then achieve. Because there's an exception. There's an exception. It's 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 receive first then achieve. we got to get the E before the I because it comes after a C. I can make a real cheesy preacher reference to Christ there. I before E, accept after C, achieve before receive, accept after Christ. Anyway, I'm not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> let me show you this. I just want to show you this in a couple of places. Right. Come on, preach it. Um, I'm going to show you this in a couple of passages of Scripture. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Let me give you a little bit of context. You can go ahead and flash it up on the screen. Cool. Um, a little bit of context here. Joshua is the number two uh, under Moses. Most of you know who Moses is. Charlton Heston, Ten Commandments, Ra. Um, Prince of Egypt, maybe for a younger crowd, i got to say Prince of Egypt, cartoon, right? Good. Okay. Jo- Joshua is his number two. And, um, and Moses has, has been taken away. He's died. God has, God has buried him somewhere. And, and Joshua is now the leader of the people of, of God. And God's promise to them is to enter into this land called Canaan and to take it over. To, 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 uh, to, to, to push out all of the people that are in that land now and to basically take, it, take over the, the, the area. But look at what Joshua tells us. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. So they've got plenty to achieve, right? They've got plenty to do. They've got a lot of work to do. But look what happens right at the beginning of Joshua. Verse verse 8. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Now this this is the receive part. 
This is what Joshua is, is telling, God is telling his people. I want you to let the law get inside you. I want you to roll around in it. I want you to soak in it. I want you to take baths in it. I want you to get it so embedded into your heart that, that, that you can't escape it. I want, I want my word, my law to get in you. And then look what he says. Then, once you have received my word, then you will be prosperous and successful. That's part B. There's, in other words, there, there, Joshua, there's something that I want to do in my people. I want you to take this land. This is my promised land to you. But before you take it, you need to receive something from me. You have to receive something first before you can go do the thing God has called you to do. So in God's economy, in God's world, in heaven, the rule is receive then achieve. There's an order, but it's not the order of the world because there's an exception to the rule of the world. Now that's Old Testament. Let me show you this same, the, the same reference, oddly enough, in the New Testament, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Give you a little bit of context about Acts. This is right, uh, this is, these are the words of Jesus as he is about to ascend into heaven and go. And Jesus, oddly enough, Acts and Joshua, although they're completely about different things, are kind of about the same thing. In Joshua, the people are, are moving through the promised land, taking the area for, for God's kingdom, for, for the kingdom of, of, of Israel. And in Acts, the disciples are spreading the gospel through the land, uh, enacting the, the, the kingdom of God. So it's kind of really weird that they're real similar. And this reference is the exact same. But anyway, in other words, the disciples have plenty to do. <laughs> They've got a lot to do to spread the gospel to the ends of the earth. But look at what Jesus says. Verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. So yes, the disciples had a bunch to achieve. They had to spread the story of Jesus to the ends of the earth. And here's the thing, they'll do it. By the time we get to the end of the book in 28 chapters, we will see the gospel has spread practically throughout the known world at that time. And, and, and disciples and followers of Jesus are rising up everywhere. But Jesus says in order to be effective, in order to achieve the thing I've asked you to do, you've got to receive first. There's an exception to the rule. Uh, conventional wisdom, the world's wisdom would say, go to the ends of the earth, spread, spread the good news to the ends of the earth, and then you'll receive the gift as a reward. But Jesus says, no, 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 there's an exception. We've got to flip the, the rule. Because why? Why? Because, because God, there, there's stuff God wants us to do that we can't do until we receive what he wants us to have. This is what we, this is what we see in the book of Acts. There are things that God wants you to do there are things that God wants you to achieve that you'll never achieve until you receive what he has for you first. And so we have to continually position ourselves in a place to receive. This is why worship is so important. This is why coming, like we did just a few minutes ago, coming into a place and, and, and bringing our world in alignment with God's world to receive from God because we can't do anything until we receive First, let me give you some examples. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. 
You can't give forgiveness until you fully receive forgiveness from God. You can't create an act of forgiveness until you've experienced the full power of forgiveness from God Almighty. But when you experience forgiveness from God, then that allows you to create an act of forgiveness for someone else. You have to experience, you have to receive forgiveness before you can give forgiveness. The reason some of us struggle with affirming people in our lives is because we don't make time to receive the affirmation from God. We don't make time uh, in, 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 our, in our Bible reading or in our prayer for God to say, hey, you see that verse that says, you know, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That's about you. God, that's about me. Yeah, that's about you. God, I feel so affirmed. Now I can go affirm others. It's so much easier to encourage each other when we have received encouragement from God. So, so the, the order that it works with God is that we receive then we achieve. And that's exactly what Paul says in Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. So then just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him. That, 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 that you, when, when you learn how to receive, the same grace that got you in this thing is the same grace that will get you out of the sinful patterns of your life. That will get you through the storms of difficulty that you face, but you have to receive first. There's a, there's a rule. How, how much does it, how much must it grieve the heart of God when he looks at his children and, and, and we're continually striving and, and grasping for what he wants to freely give? When he just wants to give it and we're trying, we're struggling to reach for it. And he's like, if you would just, if you would position yourself, not trying to reach and grab, but simply open your hands and receive, I would do more for you than you could imagine. And then you'll be able to do more than you can imagine. If we position ourselves first and foremost to receive, to receive, you see, the, the order of the world will not work for a child of God. The order doesn't work that way. The order only works when we receive first and then from that position with what God has done. You know, the Christian, the Christian life is all about re-gifting. <laughs> Anybody, any re-gifters? Like how many of you re-gifted at, at Christmas? Hello? The Christian life really is all about re-gifting. Why do you re-gift something? Okay, here, there, there are a few reasons. One, because you're cheap, but that's not God. Okay? Number two, it's because you didn't really like it in the first place. That's also not God. But number three, it's because you already have one. You already have it. This is, this is, this is why the Christian life is about regifting. It's, it's, it's God gives you forgiveness, so you already have it. So when it comes time for me to forgive somebody, I can give it away because I have already received it. I already have one. I already have forgiveness. When it comes to encouragement, I already have encouragement. So when I find a brother or sister who, 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 who doesn't have joy, I can give them out of the overflow of what I have because I've already been, I've already been receiving joy from God. I, so I just re-gift it to them. But, but you can't re-gift something if you've never received it. You, you, have to, you have to get it before you can give it. It's receive, then achieve. I before E, accept. After C. When it comes after C, you've got to flip it. When it comes after Jesus, you've got to flip it. It's, it's receive, then achieve. 
Real quick, whoa, we are closing in on time. Let me let me wrap up. Wow, I didn't realize it's like that that time. So um, let's wrap up with just a real quick story. Matter of fact, if you start playing, I'll be done quicker. <laughs> That's a lie. Um, like I said earlier, I've been reading through the Bible. Let me just tell you this story real quick, and we'll close with this. I've been reading through through the Bible, and um, it's real interesting how God works, right? Because sometimes, like, the thing you're reading applies exactly to what you're going through at that moment, and the, you didn't even, like, it's scheduled. It wasn't like, I opened the Bible, and God, can you just find me a word and open it up, and he opened it to a passage? No, it's like, this is what was on the calendar today. And all of a sudden, it just lines up with exactly, it's like, oh, that makes so much sense. I was reading about Jacob in Genesis chapter 29. I'll tell you the story real quick. Um, basically, Jacob means uh, trickster, deceiver, and that's what he was from birth, right? He came out grabbing his older brother's heel. He was a twin. Esau came out first. He's grabbing his heel, and he's trying to maneuver and find a way to get, manipulate, get in front of him. And he does it for his whole life. He, he steals, and that time there was a thing called a birthright, a thing called a blessing, and he steals both of them. Uh, he, he deceives his brother. He deceives his dad. And uh, it's who he was. His brother got mad at him, so he ran to his uncle's house, his, his uncle Laban, to, to live, which wasn't like next door, but it was a long ways away. So um, he's, he's there. And, um, and when he's there, he falls in love with this girl. He sees this beautiful girl named Rachel. Now, don't... Don't go, don't take the whole don't take the story to its full extent because it'll like gross you out. But Rachel is Laban's daughter, and you can figure out the rest. But anyway, it's a different world, different culture, and so he falls in love with this girl named Rachel, and she's beautiful, and so so he makes a deal with Laban, his uncle, to to work for him. And Laban says, if you work for me for seven years, I'll give you my daughter as a reward. I'll give her to you as as your wage, as what you have earned through your work. And so he does it. He agrees to it. He says, yes. And and Genesis chapter 29 verse 20 says that to Jacob, it only seemed like a few days because of his love for her. Seven years flew by. But as soon as year seven was done, Jacob's like, it's time. Like, Like it says this, check this out. Then Jacob said to Laban, give me my wife. My time is completed and I want to make love to her. Subtle, right? Subtle. But look what happens. Look what happens. I promise you, you're going to see this in a whole different light. So Laban brought together all the people of the place and gave a feast. But when evening came, he took his daughter Leah. Now, I didn't tell you about Leah. Leah is Rachel's older sister. Scripture describes her as having weak eyes, which is a euphemism to mean she was not very attractive. Okay, she was not definitely not as pretty as Rachel, but Jacob was not attracted to her at all. And so Laban gives Leah to, to Jacob, and Jacob made love to her. He didn't know. He was so out of it. He didn't know who this was. Verse 25, when morning came, there was Leah. Can you imagine waking up on your on the day after you got married and you're like, ah! <laughs> Leah! So Jacob says to Laban, what is this you have done to me? I served you for Rachel, didn't I? Why have you deceived me? The deceiver gets deceived. This is like this twist. But who did Jacob work for? Rachel. Who did he get? Leah. Who was the pretty one? Rachel. Have you ever gotten something that you desperately wanted only to realize it wasn't all you thought it would be cracked up to be? You, you, you set a goal weight. 
You're like, I'm going to get to this goal weight. And when I, when I get to this goal weight, I'm going to look in the mirror. I'm finally going to like myself. And you got to the goal weight and you looked in the mirror and you still thought you were fat. It wasn't all you thought it would be. I'm going to get that promotion. And when I get that promotion, I'm going to be the boss. And that guy's never going to be able to treat me that way again. And then you got the promotion and you became the boss. And instead of one problem, you had ten. There's Leah. You think, I'm going to, I'm going to work so much overtime. I'm going to get so much money that every, all of my problems are going to go away. And you made the money. Hello, taxes. <laughs> There's Leah. When you, when you approach the world by the way the world works, when you run with the rule of the world and you achieve before you receive, every time you will wake up and it'll be Leah, not Rachel. That's what Jacob did. He worked and then received. He achieved, then received. And when he received, it wasn't what he thought it would be. And if that's what drives you this year, you'll wake up in 2018 and it'll be Leah laying beside of you and not Rachel. If your mindset is I'm going to I'm going to work, I'm going to do it, I'm going to achieve, and when I achieve, I'll finally be who I want to be, I'll finally have what I want to have, and I'll be satisfied. Paul would say, don't be deceived by the hollow, deceptive philosophies of this world. Because they'll promise you a lot, but they can't deliver. So Laban informs Jacob, hey, dude, it's just custom. We don't give the older, the younger daughter away. We, 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 she needs to get married first. And look, he says this real quick. He says, finish this daughter's bridal week, then we will give you the younger one also in return for another seven years of work. And Jacob did so. He finished the week with Leah, and then Laban gave him his daughter Rachel to be his wife. Jacob made love to Rachel also, and his love for Rachel was greater than his love for Leah. And he worked for Laban another seven years. Review real quick. Did, did Jacob do the work before or after he received Leah? Before. He did the work, then he got the girl. Did Jacob do the work before or after he received Rachel? After. He got the girl, then he did the work. Friends, that is the message of the gospel. There are two approaches to life. You can work and try to try to save yourself and try to do better and try to live better and try to create change in your life. And when you do, it'll always be Leah. Or you can receive the gift and from that position of love and acceptance, go do the thing God called you to do. It'll be Rachel. See, my goal as a pastor is not to convince you to live for Jesus. You gotta live for Jesus. You gotta, you gotta live better for Him. You gotta get rid of that sin. You gotta stop, stop living like that. That's not my goal. Because if that's my goal and that's what I teach you and that's what I give you every week, you'll wake up and you'll be disappointed because what you wanted is what you got, and what you got is not what you wanted. My goal is let me see if I can get you to fall in love with Jesus. If I could just tell you about how good he is and how much he loves you and how much he wants for you and how he died for you and how he left the glory of heaven just for you. And if you can just receive an ounce of his love, it'll change your life and you'll never be the same because you will receive first and then you can change. So many times we try to change so that we can, we think if I can change, then God will love me more. And the reality is that 
that's, the, that's a false, deceptive, hollow philosophy. Receive the love of God and from a position of love, He will push you and propel you into the change. So this year, if you want to live like a boss, receive. Position yourself to receive. And from that place, allow God to draw you into achieving. Start, though, with receiving. You've got to get the E before the I. You've got to receive the empowerment before you initiate the change. You've got to receive the presence of God before you realize His intended purpose for you. You've got to get the E before the I. And I think some of the frustration we experience as Christians and as followers of Jesus is we're trying to live a life that we don't have the power to live. So you've got to receive the power before you can live the life. Let me pray for you this morning. Lord, we thank you, God, that you've allowed us to gather here this morning. We recognize and realize, God, that we've got to receive before we can achieve. That the way you work is receive, then achieve. This morning, with our hands open, our hearts open, our ears open. Matter of fact, all over the room, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. I, I do just want you to put your hands with your palms facing the sky. Okay? sitting right where you are. Lord, we want to position ourselves to receive from you. To receive. Whatever it is that you have for us this moment, God, some of us need to receive healing. Some of us need to receive forgiveness. Some of us need to receive joy. Some of us need to receive celebration. Some of us need to receive affirmation. Some of us need to receive encouragement. Some of us need to receive a rebuke from you. position our hands up, our palms facing up, not trying to grasp and strive for anything, but simply receive, receive, receive. Would you just receive this morning? I don't know how to receive. You just put your hands up. How do you receive a gift? You say, thank you. You say, thank you. God didn't take it. Receive the forgiveness of God this morning. Receive the love of God this morning. Receive the acceptance of God this morning. Receive the affirmation of God, the approval of God. Receive the identity that He wants to give you. Receive the, 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 the grace of God, the forgiveness. Right where you sit, right where you are. wrap up this morning, I just want to give you one challenge. Make time in your week this week to receive from God. It might be a verse of scripture and a two minute prayer. It might be a chapter of 15 chapters and an hour of prayer. Make time to position yourself in your heart with palms up to receive from God. It just what do I pray, Pastor? Lord, I receive what I need for today. I want to receive what I need for today from you. Just tell them. Matter of 
fact, every morning when you wake up, let those be the first words out of your mouth. Not, not what's on my to-do list. Not what do I got to get done. Not who I got to take to where. God, today I receive what I need from you. And you find yourself in the heat of the battle. God, I need some patience or somebody's going to the hospital. God, I receive what I need from you. So then I can give it away freely. Freely you have received. Now freely give. We thank you, Jesus. That's your challenge this week, Vertical Church. Position yourself every day for just at least a moment to receive from God what He has for you. We love you, Jesus. We pray it all in your name. And again, everybody said, Thank you so much for joining us today. We always appreciate hearing how God is moving in your life. We all have a story to tell, and we'd love to hear yours. Please visit verticalchurch.tv and click on the little pencil icon called Amen Corner to tell us your story. Also, if you'd like to support the ministry of Vertical Church financially, you can do so by clicking the giving link at verticalchurch.tv. Thank you again for taking the time to join us as we point those far from God to life in Jesus.